to the South Point Living Podcast. I'm Melissa Hopper, Creative Director at South Point Publishing. And as always, I'm here with Mark Ribble, Editor of the South Point Sun. Hello, Mark. Hello, Melissa. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Yes, yes. So we are nearing um, the end of July, which is crazy to think that. Hard um, to believe. Yes, it is. So uh, I guess anything that we want to do this summer, we really need to start working on that fast and start get, get knocking those things off of our uh, summer to-do list because it's going to be gone before we know it. For sure. For sure. So what do you have? Oh, actually, before we get to that, do you have trivia questions? I do have trivia questions. I have right. five trivia okay. questions. Okay, let's hear them. All right. So the first one is, which English actor plays Mr. Bean and Blackadder? Um, number two is, what food group is comprised of carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen? Question three is, what field was Maria Montessori famous in? Question four is, how many books are there in the New Testament of the Bible? And question five is, what was Edwin Land best known for inventing? Edwin Land, L-A-N-D. All right. I'm probably going to go over five this week. Oh, no. Yes. You should get the first one. <laughs> well, I, I, am not, I should know that one, and I think I have half of his name, and I just can't think of the rest so we'll we'll see how i do on that one but um what is coming out in the south point sun this week well the sun is coming out tomorrow no today today (laughs) july 21st today this would go with the song if i said today um a possible solution to peely island ferry troubles after a public meeting last week involving local officials mto officials and local residents and business owners they all got together and Tried to hammer out a solution because the uh, the ferries have only the big ferry, the Paley Islander too, has only been running every second week, and is causing issues for tourism, causing issues for the farmers getting their crops and their equipment back and forth. So we've got a story about that this week in the Sun. And I do know um, a couple of people that own property over there, and that prior to this would go over every weekend and they have not been able to go over as often as they would have before because there's no space available to get over there definitely an issue yeah sure yes which is crazy and especially now it seems to me that there's more tourists in the area too i think tourism's picked up i know um just being at seacliff park over the past weekend down by the marina i was taking some pictures for uh, next year's visitor guide that, that we're going to do and it definitely seems like there's more people out and about and around the area especially where i live um i live on a, a very um, busy road near the lake where there's lots of people out for walks and runs and I am seeing some unfamiliar faces I'm used to seeing the usuals you know go by the neighbors and people that I see on a regular basis walking or running past my house but now I'm seeing a lot of faces of people that I don't recognize and they're out for leisurely strolls which is making me think that they're staying at local cottages um, which means that tourism has picked up. So the fact that there's issues with the ferries going over is uh, definitely a problem for local tourism too. Absolutely, absolutely. So they've, they've got a solution in the works, so let's hope things uh, iron out there real quick. Yes, for sure. Elsewhere, the area moved into step three of the province's roadmap to reopen on Friday, July 16th, and uh, South Point Imagine Theatre reopened with three movies on tap on Friday afternoon. Uh, we were there for the arrival of the first patrons on Friday, and it was kind of neat to see the first people walk through the door and get their popcorn, and and we did a little story on that and, and have a photo as well. Oh, that's great. I know a lot of people are excited to get back to the movies too, especially for that popcorn. 
for sure, for sure. Um, Wheatley is once again under evacuation order as gas levels rose Monday morning to unacceptable levels. This story is ongoing and really changing by the day, if not the hour. So we'll have an update, an updated version in the paper this week. And I mean, I was going to say between you and I, but between you and I and whoever's listening to this podcast, it it did seem to me like it was um, not going to be possible for this thing to just go away completely. I mean, the fact that they had to evacuate people when it first happened, that businesses were closed down, the area was closed down for a while, quite a while, a couple of weeks, I think it was. And then all of a sudden it was just, oh, everything's fine and everybody can go back into their businesses and their homes there. And I just didn't understand how that could just resolve itself on its own so uh, i'm not surprised that this happened but hopefully they can get it figured out and get some sort of a correction to it or whatever they need to do they get it taken care of let's hope so because you know those businesses especially the restaurants um i know that the one restaurant uh i had heard that um after the the restaurant was re-entered after the the original evacuation order was lifted um they had product meat and vegetables and all sorts of perishables in there that had been sitting without benefit of hydro or air conditioning for 17 days so you can imagine what that was like to clean up and now they're in there this morning taking all their stuff out to avoid that happening again so it's just too bad because uh, for that to be hanging over your head every day when you go in to open your business, that's got to be an awful feeling. Well, and that and also on top of the fact that a lot of these the restaurants other than ones that are primarily takeout would have already been losing so much business from the fact that they couldn't have patrons eating inside for such a long period of time and then to be shut down completely at least they were able to maybe make some money by having takeout but then to be shut down completely when the gas leak happened and then be able to start back up again just finally now able to have people inside and then have everything shut down again so you definitely feel for those businesses and what they're going through right and speaking of food um the leamington council has approved a food truck operation to be on the leamington dock pedestrian pier um, beginning shortly and running until uh, I believe the end of December. So there will be uh, a food truck out on the dock now called Twisted Sistas and they will serve uh, tacos and French fries and and all sorts of the good stuff that people love to eat but shouldn't. And and, uh, I'm sure they'll be busy because uh, a lot of people take advantage of that pedestrian walkway out there. Yes, and it would be nice to utilize that, um, you know, get people down there more and staying more, spending more time around there and just um, like to see it come to its full potential because, you know, being on the water, there's so many great things to offer and it just feels like that's one of the missing pieces is something like that, having a place where people can go and lots of different food options down there. So that's exciting. Can't wait to try it. And at sports, Leamington Raceway is set to begin their 2021 harness racing season on Sunday, August 8th. Crews from both the Leamington Ag Society and the Lakeshore Harness Racing Association have been busy renovating the grandstand. It's all been repainted. They got new glass coming in. They have a new tote board um, for the raceway, which is the first time they've had a tote board in as, for as long as I can remember. Anyway, and they'll they'll actually have over be allowed to have over 500 fans to be in attendance this year. So uh, things are looking up for Leamington Raceway. That's great. Very popular 
amongst everyone in the area, other parts of the county. I know lots of people come for that and, and even parts of Southwestern Ontario, people come to Leamington for that. So that's great to hear. Yes. And that's it for the sun. Oh, well, that's very exciting. I can't wait to read more about all oh. of those. Now, you were mentioning, in keeping with newspapers, you were mentioning to me something that you read in a, a very old newspaper, not a local paper, but a story that had a local connection. Yes, I was browsing a website of old newspapers and came across an article in the Northern Ontario, the North Ontario Observer, which is out of, I want to say, Port Perry, Ontario, and it's from 20, uh, August 25th, 1894. So we're going back well over 100 years, 125 years ago, I guess, 100 and, yes, or better. So they had, they had reproduced an article from the Leamington Post of the day, and uh, I was going to read a little bit of it to you because I thought the way it was worded and, and talked about it, it was, it was really kind of cool. It's entitled, How an Old Lady Was Released from Suffering. So, so if you can imagine, your attention. caught your attention right away. And it said, from the Leamington Post. And it says, Mrs. Mary Olmstead, a highly respected and well-known lady residing south of the village of Wheatley, eight miles from Leamington, has been the subject of an experience that has created not a little wonder and has excited so much comment in the vicinity of the lady's home that the Leamington Post believes it will prove of general interest. So, proceeding to the handsome farm residence, we were ushered into a room where sat the genial old lady. Upon inquiry, she informed us that she was in her 80th year, and for, and for one of her age, she is a picture of health. She expressed her readiness to make public the particulars of her suffering and cure, stating that while she did not care to fight to figure prominently in the newspapers, yet if her testimony would relieve others' suffering as she had done, she would forego any scruples in the matter. I love the way this is all written. It's just <laughs> she then related the story of her case as follows. About six years ago, I was stricken with sciatica rheumatism, which first made its appearance in my left knee, but gradually took possession of all my limbs. Within three months after its first appearance, I was unable to leave my bed and day and night suffered the most excruciating pain. My limbs were swollen to twice their natural size and drawn out of their natural shape. My feet were also badly swollen and my right arm was in the shape of a semicircle. For three long years, I suffered in this manner, being able to put a foot to the floor and the only way I could move about was by being wheeled in a chair. My appetite gradually left me until I had no desire or relish for food of any kind and I got very thin and weak. During all this time, I kept doctoring with the medical practitioners of the neighborhood and swallowed gallons of medicine, which cost my husband much money. But I am, I am, I don't even know what that word is. I am happy to say that I received any benefit from this medicine. I'm unhappy, unable to say, sorry. My agony kept increasing and my system growing weaker till many times death would have been a welcome relief to my suffering. After reading in the newspapers about the wonderful cures affected by the use of Dr. Williams' pink pills, I decided to try them. My case was a stubborn one, and it remained until I had taken about a half dozen boxes of the pills that I began to feel any improvement. I continued taking the pills, however, and never had a relapse. And today, I am as hearty and healthy as I was before the rheumatism came on. I'm now able to knit and sew as fast as any young person, while for many years my fingers were as stiff as needles. 
I owe my recovery entirely to Dr. Williams' pink pills and always will have a good word to say about them. And then it goes on to give you the address on which to send your 50 cents a box to Schenectady, New York, to Dr. Williams Medicine Company. So it's re really amazing. that I thought this was an article, and the whole time I believe I was probably reading an ad. So do we know what was in these pink pills, this miracle no, drug? We have no idea, and I probably should Google Dr. Williams pink pills and see exactly what they were because uh, – um, this was kind of an amazing story for Mrs. Olmstead, and I got to wonder if she's related to the, the Olmstead family that currently resides in Wheatley. I would think there's got to be some connection there, but yes, definitely curious to know what was in these pink pills and whatever came yeah. with Dr. Williams. And, um, you know, you wonder, was it just sort of an acetaminophen before that was pot? Like, you know, was it that type yeah. of, you know, Tylenol, Advil, something like that? Um, or was there something more to it? But like you said, they make it sound like it's an article, but really they're, they're just selling you on, she had this, you know, great experience. So send us your money so you can experience it. Okay. I have found Dr. Williams pink pills. All right. That was fast. Yes. Wikipedia says that Dr. D Dr. Williams pink pill, pink pills for pale people <laughs> was a late 19th to early 20th century patented medicine containing ferrous sulfate, which I believe is iron, right? And magnesium sulfate. And it claimed to cure Korea, whatever Korea is. Reference <laughs> not, not the country. Headlines. Yes, C-H-O-R-E-A. Okay. It's It was frequently worded in newspaper headlines as St. Vetus Dance. And I've heard of St. Vetus Dance, but I'd have to probably look that up too, and we just don't have time for that today as well as uh, locomotor ataxia, a neuralgia, rheumatism, nervous headache, and the after effects of la grip, whatever that might be. <laughs> okay, so I just looked up chorea, and it's a movement disorder that causes involuntary, irregular, unpredictable muscle movements. Oh, there we go. And then it says, I don't mean to laugh because it's probably not pleasant for anyone that has it, but it says the disorder can make you look like you're dancing. The word chorea comes from, oh, that makes sense. Chorea comes from the right. Greek word for dance. So chorea, choreography, dance. So yeah, chorea is a movement problem that occurs in many different diseases and conditions. So there you go. Wow. Mm -hmm. Isn't that something? Yes. So that, yeah, I can imagine that, that cure being sold. You think about the old movies and, and uh, the guys that are, coming into the towns with their wagon and they're selling all their uh, medicine and everything out of their, their wagon. leather cases and open yeah. up these big leather cases like the doctors had and oh, inside there are, you know, all these pills. Yeah. Quite interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. And a local connection. So that's always good. Yes. Well, and that's one of those, um, you know, did that really happen? Was that, mm -hmm. you know, like, like you said, was it an article? Was it an ad? How do you know what to trust? That's, you know, definitely hard to know whether how much of that story was true or was it just exaggerated claims to try and sell those pills? You never know. Right. And if we and if any of our listeners are related to Mrs. Mary Olmstead, that would be really cool. Now, she was 80 in 1894. So chances are um, there's no one still alive that knew her. 
but uh, it would be interesting to uh, to know if that was an actual real person or if they if they actually made it up. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Very interesting. Now I have a birthday, a celebrity birthday for you. All right. Um, and on this day, July twenty first in nineteen fifty. Oh, oh my goodness. I almost gave it away. Okay, I narrows it down. <laughs> All right. Trying to give answers. Okay. Well, how? <laughs> oh my god! Like honestly, I need another so coffee we could do today. It reverse. You could give me the year and what they do, and maybe I can. Go first. <laughs> okay, let's try it that way. Okay, this person was born in 1957. Mm-hmm. They were a cast member on Saturday Night Live from 1985 to 1990. They are American. They have acted in a number of TV shows and movies and have served as the voice of different animated characters, including a number of characters on The Simpsons. Well, a number of characters on The Simpsons. Um, I guess my first, my first guess would be Billy Crystal. No. No. Okay. And I was thinking of Martin Short, but he's Canadian, is he not? Right. That's yes, that's exactly why I said American because I had a feeling you might yes. go that way. Now we're talking about a male. Yes, a male. Oh. One of the TV shows that he has acted on, he was in two episodes of Friends. Oh, one wow. early on in the series, and one later in the series. That probably won't help me. Okay. Um, Have you seen Grown Ups Two? Yes. Okay, he's in that. There's a very short part in that. Oh boy, very short part. So he probably play, plays someone's father. No, he doesn't. But that that would no? be a good guess. No, he plays the janitor in the gym when the women are working out in the gym. Yeah. I remember that. Just trying to picture him. Wow, I should know this. John Lovitz is sixty-four oh, today. John Lovitz. Oh, I should know that. Okay. So do you like this game better when you have to, I say the name and they guess you guess their age or do you like this reverse where you have to try and guess who it is? It's a lot quicker to um to just guess the age, that's for sure. Well, I would I, have probably put John Lovitz at 62 or 63, so I would have been close, but Well, if in future weeks if I can keep myself from reading the actual year, <laughs> then we can go back to the old way, but I'm telling you I just need more coffee today. Yes. Yes. So, and one of my favorite episodes of Friends was one of the early season that John Lovitz was in season one, um, and he played a restaurateur that Monica was cooking for to try and get a job. He was opening a restaurant and needed a chef, and so she was cooking for him as her audition job interview type thing. And he showed up um, stoned, and it was very, (laughs) very funny. Just a a good episode. Funny guy. Yes, yes. Um, okay, so speaking of stoned, we somehow end up with some good segues here, and it definitely wasn't my atten- intention, but today happens to be National Junk Food Day, and so those things kind of seem to go hand in hand for some people, but um, it's National Junk Food Day is a day to indulge in our favorite junk food, and junk foods by def- definition are foods that typically contain high fats, sugar, salt, and calories, and are very little nutritional value but stuff that we all love nonetheless. Um, mm. So my question to you is, what is your favorite type of junk food? Well, I think my weakness for junk food is, is definitely potato chips. 
and um, I could I could sit down and eat a whole bag of potato chips, and you just the old saying from the old ad, "No one can eat just one," is true because once I start, I can't seem to put it down until they're gone. So that's my definite weak weakness for that sort of thing. Um, and which type of what's your favorite type of chips? Plain Lay's potato chips. That's it, just the plain ones, huh? I don't really, the only flavor one I even remotely care for is dill pickle. Um, not a barbecue fan or really a salt and vinegar fan, and I really don't like so, um, sour cream and onions. So those are the kind of the main ones. But um, usually if I have plain chips, I'll have dip with them anyway, one way or another. If I have to take some sour cream and make dip for myself, that's fine too. So. So you like sour cream as dip, but you don't like sour cream and onion chips. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Well, we can't control yeah, our taste why. buds, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um, I have two that are my favorites, although I don't have them very often, but um, mm. I like combos. And especially oh. if I'm going on a road trip, which I just did last week when yeah. we went up north, I always have to get a little pack of combos from the dollar store before we go. So I love just hitting the open roads on the 401 and eating my combos. That's my relaxation. Do you like the pizza flavored combos? I do. I like every kind of combos. And fortunately, yeah. my daughter didn't like the pizza one, so I didn't have to share too much with her. So oh, good. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I also really like jelly bellies. I'm not a huge candy person, but jelly bellies are my weakness when it comes to candy. So uh, I, I like every well, I also candy. agree on the combos. I, jelly bellies are not my thing. I've never been a jelly bean person for some reason. See, and um, I don't consider, they don't, to me, they're not, I won't eat regular jelly beans. Right. I don't like jelly beans, but jelly belly with all the funky flavors and just grab a yeah. handful of those and mix all those flavors up for some reason. I just really, if they were all black licorice. I'd be, I'd be in <laughs> like crazy, but other than that, no. And okay. I'm, I'm a big black licorice fan. So, so, so far black licorice, plain potato chips, and you've mm -hmm. previously talked about grape ice cream. That I feel like you probably like the things that most people wouldn't gravitate towards. Oh, I, yes. My wife tells me that all the time, <laughs> especially when I rip open a fresh bag of pork rinds and oh. fried pork rinds. And she, she just shakes her head and says, why are you eating those? I said, because I had them. I loved them as a kid. So I still love them. But well, the good thing that. for you is that you like the things not a lot of people do. So you don't have to share. Yeah. So I, that's I never have to stand in line for them. Yeah. Today is also National Hot Dog Day, and it's always held the third Wednesday in July, and it pays homage to the Frankfurter, the Footlong, the Wienerwurst, even the Red Hot, any type of hot dog you're supposed to celebrate today by having one. And each year, over 25 million hot dogs are sold at baseball stadiums. And I'm guessing that's that cool. that's probably in the U.S. alone. So that's uh, okay. pretty crazy. Common toppings are ketchup, mustard, relish, um, then onions, mayonnaise, cheese, bacon, chili, sauerkraut. Um, I know there is a debate, especially amongst Americans, about whether ketchup belongs on a hot dog or not. Yeah. Um, I think it debate. does. But I believe I, it does too. And potato chips. <laughs> potato chips on a hot dog. Uh, Lay's plain potato chips on a hot dog. I crush them up and put them, I'll put them on top. And also I'll chop up a, a tomato, a fresh tomato, and throw it on there too. Interesting. Okay, so when you're putting those things on, are you putting any other condiments on or just those? Probably ketchup, mustard, and relish are my go-to. And then I put those other things on if I got them handy. Interesting. 
Well, my wife is strictly a mustard only person for hot dogs. So, so she's in the no ketchup camp. She's in the no ketchup camp. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I will say I typically like ketchup mustard relish. However, the odd time I will indulge in my college days um, after the bars when we used to stop and get street meat mm-hmm. from the vendors outside the bars. Uh, for some reason, one night, I don't, I say for some reason, obviously it was because I had probably consumed a, a lot of alcohol that night. I decided mm-hmm. to have a hot dog with just mayo and shredded cheese on it. Oh. It was delicious. And to this day, I, every so often I will have one with just mayo and shredded cheese as an homage to my younger days, carefree. And, you know, just to take me back to those days when I really didn't have a whole lot of responsibility. So that's that's <laughs> my mayo, treat for myself the mayo thing is really interesting because both of my grandsons they only take mayo on their hot dogs really and that's really i always thought that was just kind of a, a them thing i didn't i didn't think anyone else did that but mm-hmm. well, cool. apparently drunk 20 somethings do as well so. <laughs> there you go yes um all right well now can you provide us with the trivia answers I can provide you with the trivia answers. So the trivia answers are, which English actor played Mr. Bean in Black Adder? That, of course, was Rowan Atkinson. I got Rowan. That was as far as yeah. I could get. Yes. Okay. And he is like, I, I think he's hilarious. Um, going back again, my wife cannot stand watching Mr. Bean, but I get a kick out of it. It was one of my mother's favorite shows when she was still alive, so. I get a kick out of Mr. Bean. He's he's dumb and he's stupid and <laughs> but he's funny. So. Yes, I find him very funny. Yeah. The food group that is comprised of carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. Did you know what that is? No. That would be carbohydrates. Makes sense. I never knew that. <laughs> but it makes sense, right? When you, mm-hmm. when you see the words. Yeah. Uh the field that Maria Montessori was famous in. Oh. That is you got it? <laughs> um, not like a physical field? No, not, no, not, not a physical field. <laughs> that... like a farmer's field. She's not a farmer. <laughs> I was thinking like all the, when you said that, the only field I could think of was like field of dreams. And I, <laughs> I'm picturing this woman standing in a field and I'm thinking, what, what other fields? I can't think of any famous fields. <laughs> now that you say it again, Montessori would be education. Correct. Yes. She <laughs> developed the Montessori education system, which is still used widely today. And it was it was first um the first Montessori school opened in Rome in January nineteen oh seven. Well that makes a lot more sense than a field yeah like a pasture yeah. somewhere. She's not a farmer and she's not <laughs> a, a field hockey player. No. So or she's not involved with Kevin Costner in any I mean, way. Shape. I'm telling you, I, I as soon as we're done recording this, I'm going to get an extra large <laughs> copy. There you go. How many books are in the New Testament? Did you know that one? No clue. I wouldn't have known that one either. So there are actually 27 books in the New Testament of the Bible. The Bible is comprised of 66 books total, which are 39 in the Old Testament and 27 in the New Testament. And... Uh, that's about all I know about it. Well, that's always one category I struggled with on Jeopardy is yeah. is anything to do with the Bible. So I have some work to do on that, right. learning more about it. All right. Well, thank you, Mark. Okay. Oh, Great. I have one more answer oh. for you. Oh, yes. I thought we were done. <laughs> what was Edwin Land best known for inventing? Did you know that one? I did not. 
he was uh, the man who invented the instant photo camera called Polaroid. Which I think has, has gone away and come back a number of different times. I feel like, you know, when it originally came out, it was very popular and then stopped being popular. And I seem to see some of the younger generation now using Polaroid, or Polaroid style cameras. Right. That would be cool if they were. I didn't know if you could buy film for them anymore. But, but uh, I remember when I was a kid in the Polaroid cameras, then you took, you pulled the, pulled the film out and it had like a backing and a front part on it. And then you waited for a certain amount of time and then pulled them apart really carefully. And the picture was on one side and then you pulled the backing off the photo part. And there was a piece of cardboard they supplied in the box of film that you stuck the picture on. Um, so it would have an actual firmer kind of firmer stance, I guess, mm -hmm. but so well, it was cool. Not to sound like, like an old fuddy duddy or anything, but I'm, mm -hmm. I know it's going to, definitely come across that way but i miss the days of not knowing how your photo was going to turn out you know when right. you get photos developed or even take one with a polaroid and you didn't know did you capture that shot was everybody smiling did everyone have their eyes open did you know i kind of miss now that we have every opportunity to get pictures right it kind of takes away from the the fun of things and kind of make, makes things a little boring now i think I think it's also what it also does the, the world of digital photography and I'm finding it out more and more when I'm out taking photos is, is that getting a candid shot of somebody um, is sometimes really tough. And I don't know whether going back to the old film days would be any different, but um, for instance, I, I took a photo at the theater the other day and, and was hoping to get a candid shot of the family buying their popcorn and, getting their tickets handed to them and stuff and really in the end had to settle for like a posed picture of the four of them standing with their popcorn in their hand. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's one of those things that I guess you could recreate that and say, Hey, would you mind doing this so that I can, it looks like I took your picture candidly, but, and I don't know whether the, the onset of digital photography has kind of made that just a common thing for people to just automatically pose for a picture as opposed to, not knowing they're getting their picture taken and you take one while they're actually doing an action. Right. I think that's the case. I think everyone's just conditioned to stop and smile or turn and stand yeah. still and do all of that. So I think too, yeah. obviously for us doing the newspaper and magazines and the other print products that we do, it makes it a lot easier that we use digital photos instead of having to go into a dark room, um, you know, to do the photos that way. But at the same time, I think we're losing out on having printed pictures. And unless you keep up on getting your digital photos printed, I just wonder how many photos are the generations are losing, you know, generations to come. Of I, I have old boxes of old photos of my grandparents and my parents when they were kids that I absolutely love. And will my kids have photos of, you know, their baby photos? I have digital books that I've printed when they were babies, but I don't have anything printed off for the last five or so years. Right. So, you know we're going to lose out on a whole bunch of those great older photos i think because technology is going to change and how do you keep up with everything of storing you know, products and that's the unfortunate part i i like to believe though that everything comes around again and i kind of hope that some of the digital stuff maybe maybe there's an easier way to print stuff out or maybe there's something where we aren't relying on digital so much for those things. And maybe we get back to the old way of, I don't know. I don't, right. I don't really know yeah. what the solution is. I hope sure. so. You're right. 
there are a lot of good photos that are in our parents' photo albums that we can look back on and say, oh, wow, I remember that day or whatever. Unless somebody has access to my phone, they're not really seeing the pictures I take with my phone. Mm -hmm. So I'm dead and gone. Like, what do they do? Do they go through the phone and get the pictures off? Or does it just kind of get thrown in a drawer and left there forever and nobody can ever access them again? So it's it's really, uh, really not the same as it used to be. No. So let's go back to, let's go back to the olden days and certain things that we used to do. And let's start by using cameras again and getting film developed and Polaroids and all of that. Sure. I would like that. All right. Well, thank you, Mark. Um, Now that you've given all the trivia answers, I'm not trying to rush you through things. (laughs) Um, And I need to go get that coffee. I keep mentioning because clearly my mind is not uh, doing well today without coffee. So um thank you to dj kersey jaron kerr from kingsville for our podcast theme song and thank you to sarah hafling from elevate podcast company for producing our podcast thank you to all of our listeners and if you haven't done it yet please subscribe so you can get updated every time a new episode is released and uh, thank you to all of our listeners we've been doing this now for a couple months and um, we've gotten some really good feedback from people we enjoy doing it if there's anything you want to hear us talk about uh, please let us know um, sun at southpointsun.ca or hello at southpointlivingmag.ca and we will be back next week with another episode have a good week everyone